0: I'm Andy. And I'm Lorna Cook. I'm Lucy. And I'm Mickey.
1: Welcome to Catcall, the feminist podcast.
2: Okay, so for our first episode of Catcall a very light-hearted debate on abortion and um, men's rights to um, know whether or not... Well, to decide whether or not they want to be part of a pregnancy um, because the Swedish government just... Um, well, not the government, a party in Sweden decided that they wanted to pass a bill. Mm. I think it was the Liberal Youth Party, which to me seems quite surprising. Mickey um, a little fact
3: box, because I've I got no facts. Uh... LAUGHTER yeah, so um, I, I I don't know about you, but liberal youth re- suggesting that men should have a decision on women's rights
2: seems a bit
1: strange to me.
2: But carry on, Andy, carry on. Well, it's, well anyway. We'll just get into the debate a bit later. <laughs> um, uh, but the facts are that they want uh, men to have a decision before the eighteenth week of pregnancy. Um, so, before the eighteenth week, men could f- uh, fill out a form, pay a fee and decide to relinquish all their rights of fatherhood and um, let the woman decide whether or not she still wants the baby. Um, So the last week, you can have an abortion that is 20 weeks, so that would let the woman decide whether or not she wants to keep the baby even though she would be a single mother, which I find is very progressive because if women have the right to abort, and that should be a, a woman's choice, That should be a complete woman's choice. And I don't think that that bill would change that. I think the bill would change um, the decision men have. And if men feel that they aren't prepared to have a baby, I think that they should have the right to...
0: I think this is a
2: really, really complicated issue (laughs) and I'm a
0: bit older than you too. and I've worked with people in all sorts of different settings and I've worked with older women, old, 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 old ladies, even old ladies with different sorts of dementia and they still remember the abortion they had and they still feel bad about it. And I think a man opting to just disengage Mm -hmm. he might be able to practically disengage and if that tips a woman into making the decision that she's going to have an abortion decision that might have been different if she'd had the support of the dad it's nowhere near as simple for the woman as it is for the man because she's going to carry that baggage that grief that hurt that regret that all that wondering what might have happened until her dying day and it's not like that for men
3: in my view anyway i know lucy said something so lucy's going to come in a bit later um while we're talking to yvonne MacDonald. um lucy said something earlier while we were talking about this and she said what if the woman is at an age where she's not able to have another pregnancy. Like, this is her last chance of having a baby. And the yeah. man that she's supposed to be having a baby with opts out, then what's she going to do? Because if she hasn't got the finance to support herself, she's, she's lost it. She's lost her last chance. And it shouldn't be up to Amanda to do that. Like, men who've made decisions for women... This is how the patriarchy is like is here. That's how feminism started to try and stop this process. And I don't understand how a feminist, supposed feminist group, can say, oh, men can decide how women reproduce. That just, that's not feminist to me. That's yeah. entirely regressive.
0: I agree with you, yeah. Mickey. And if you unpick it all the way back to the two to tango moment... <laughs> It just gives men a complete opportunity to absolve themselves for all responsibility for, you know, sexual health and uh, contraception, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. And how is that
2: progressive? Yeah, no. I think so you, you need to explain yeah. why you think it's progressive, yeah. Medea. Well, I think it's progressive because, um, basically, they were explaining in that article that the man was kind of... it. it that thing should not replace a condom, and they have, like, quite a large... The man would need to give quite a lot of money to be able to go through that. So there's a fee in place. Uh, so you can't just replace um, that with a condom. So straight basically. away, I'm thinking about you know? the yeah.
0: class do- divide. Mm. So men who've got plenty, it's not going to be Essen- such an need- yeah,
3: essentially, it's the the upper classes can decide. Oh, I don't want this baby, and I can just screw around wherever I like. And yeah. women are going to be the one that take the consequence for yeah. that. I think um, it massively comes down to class again, and as soon as you put money into it, you've turned it into um, a political debate. Yeah, have, it is a yeah. very hard
2: debate, and I think it's going to be like discussed very. There's going to be a huge debate about it um, in Sweden because obviously, like I don't think the current government is um, okay with that. But it's I know that in oh, in America they wanted men to decide whether a woman should abort or not. Um, and that's completely awful. And I think that's repulsive and that should never happen. And that's the kind of thing which makes me think, are we regressing? Is this 2016? But does this but does this bill not make you think that that's exactly think, what's happening here? No, actually not. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think it's regressive. I think that men should be allowed to have a discussion in it. I don't think they should be allowed to have like a choice in the abortion that's a woman's right. Um, an abortion, if a woman wants an abortion, that's her choice. But also, I think it's unfair to ask men to stay in the pregnancy after um in the article they were talking about this man who had been dating this woman three days i think or like something like that they had been dating they went on dates three times had sex i don't know whether he had a condom or not um if he didn't he's a bit of an ass. but anyway um, the baby was yeah. coming the baby was coming and she called him after three weeks um of not talking um and she said that he'd have to pay up for the child, and I don't think there's a fair way to approach. She's going to pay up, though, isn't she? You know. You, yeah, you, you, but the, I don't think there's f- a fair way of approaching that discussion because if I, you want to become a parent, there has to be like a discussion of both sides. If one is not ready, it's going to be a very difficult way of parenting.
3: But as the system st- as the system stands at the moment, if a man decides to leave a pregnancy or a marriage. Um, the woman is invariably the one who gets yeah. landed with... If we're going to talk about money, ways. the baby. Yeah, yeah. if we're going to yeah. talk about money, the woman is the one who's landed with the majority of the yeah. costs.
2: And I don't think it's right that men can just go, oh, I made a mistake, the I forgot to wear
3: a condom. And that's then the way just... it
2: happens if they don't want the child anyway. They can just take off anyway. That just makes it official. It just means... I, I'd hope that they would put benefits in place for the women who are left in that position. So that That's what I'd hope. Because how it's happening now is that some men don't want babies... And they just leave, but it's not an official thing, you know. Um,
3: but I mean, one of the one of the whole points of this this debate is that once the man absolves himself of this pregnancy, because he essentially be coming back afterwards,
2: he like if if the man decides to like legally um, let go of his rights of the child, he should not be coming back ten years afterwards to like say like oh uh, this is my child. It's like no no no. Ten, like ten I mean, years ago, you said like that you didn't want it. You signed a contract, saying you didn't want it. You paid the fee. You left, like, the woman all alone. So now you shouldn't even, like, go around the child unless the child wants it when he's 18. But
0: this is so complicated, isn't it? Yeah, It It really is so complicated because there's what the child wants, but there's also what happens to the woman, which isn't just about having a baby. It's the knock-on effect for the rest of her life. Her earning potential is going to be vastly reduced. Her Everything changes when you have a baby. For a a woman, everything changes. And I think... I think the bottom line of this is it is giving more control, more power to the man. is the man's having more influence over what the woman does with her body. Of course, yeah. there are always going to be men who who run away from it. But this kind of sets that in a sort of a legitimate in, box. It, yeah. Yes, absolutely. In, fits, I'm not comfortable
2: with yeah, that idea at all. Yeah. I think that if it's set in a legitimate box, it would um, make it almost... Um, a thing that needs to be discussed within the government and if it happens a lot especially um, that the woman could get benefits afterwards or something to help her with the child Mm -hmm. if she's earning less than a certain amount
3: so I th- uh, having um, just talked about all of all the, the benefits and everything like that, um, one of the main points of this was that the the women won't get benefits from the man. Yeah. Like, they absolve themselves of this pregnancy, yeah. and I think that's that's a huge part of this. But then leading leading quickly, swiftly on, <laughs> um, I think before this, we were, we were having a very heated discussion about Ted Cruz v. D- Donald Trump and yeah. their treatment of women, and they are... A, horribly nearly possibly about to become part of the american government and that quite frankly to me is terrifying and i think it's probably frankly yeah. terrifying to everyone else but um first of all before we dive into that debate because uh that's heated yeah. should we just have a quick kind of recap on who these people are and why on earth we're talking about them in their?
0: because there might well be her. people who've been living under a rock for the last few weeks who don't really know weeks yeah, exactly. months, yeah. actually. Well,
2: You'd have to be living under a rock for a few months to miss that. Yeah. (laughs) Not look at the news ever.
3: Cool. So, so Donald Trump, first of all, um, Donald Trump, being the um, <laughs> the wonderful yellow haired yeah. man that he is, um, is running for American president, and he is a Republican, and he's quite frankly a terrible man. Um, <coughs> sorry, don't, don't very unbiased. Don't
0: sit on the fence there. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a horrible person. He, he's, he's
3: scary. Um, he's a businessman. I think that's what it comes down to. He's a businessman who is also racist, and that is his. That's his primary target group. He's he's. Targeting people who are who enjoy money, who are scared of capitalism, who want to be part of the capitalist system and enjoy that, the benefits that come from that, and who don't appreciate the migration and immigration can be a good thing to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Ted Cruz, tell us about him. I think Andy, Andy, tell us about Ted Cruz.
2: Well, Ted Cruz is also a Republican candidate, and he's um, less scary than Donald Trump, I think. But he's still not. I mean, their views on women, um, the whole Republican group. Um, are scary, frankly. Um, And they just all seem to be living under a rock. Um, Yeah, I think Ted Cruz has more been... He's been a politician for way longer than Donald Trump. I mean, like, he's a career politician. Um, But even that, like, his policies don't really make sense, especially when he talks about women. So tell me Um, about him and women, then. What's happening with him and women? Well, basically what happened is that um, uh, Ted Cruz... Ted Cruz's super PAC, which is... um, Kind of an organization that isn't linked to Ted Cruz directly, but it's kind of a campaigning, um, a, yeah, campaigning or organization for him. Um, but I think they're more anti-Trump than pro-Cruz. Um, to be honest, is what I found in my research, but I might be wrong. I might get angry emails on that. Um, but anyway, uh, that group sent like sent posted a photo online of uh, Donald Trump's wife, who is uh, a very. Well, an ex very successful model. Um, she's now a successful businesswoman and married to Donald Trump. Um, and on that picture, naked picture on a fur, um, like she's lying there looking very pretty, um, there, there's written this kind of uh, Meet Melania? Mil- 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 I don't know how you say it in English. I'm sorry. Meet Melania Trump, your next first lady, or you could support Ted Cruz on Tuesday. And it's kind of. Um, it kind of has the imp- implication that because she's naked, she wouldn't make a great first lady. What happened afterwards was Ted Cruz tweeting, I think it was, um, saying that um, the pic- um No, t- yeah. Donald Trump saying... Uh, tweeting a picture of his wife Melania, so ex-model, next to a not-very-flattering picture of uh, Heidi Cruz, um, Ted Cruz's wife, uh, saying basically... Um, which would you choose, like the model or like the sloppy housewife? <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it's very degrading for both women. And then Ted Cruz answering that um, your pick of the pick of your wife is very pretty, um, but uh, Heidi is my beloved. And in both cases, it's kind of like well, Melania is a successful businesswoman, and Heidi got an MBA from Harvard, I think. And it and Heidi has actually made waves in economics and like politics so she's a sm- they both are smart women so and both of them were campaigning kind of oh my wife should be first lady because she's pretty or my wife should be mm. first lady because she's my beloved whatever that means and it kind of like regressed both of them to um the state of um meat suit kind of mm. was how i'd describe it i it's don't know
3: it's just a bit objectification and it's most purest slightly. form. slightly
2: and it's kind of that idea that a first lady needs to be pretty overall and well presented and like and clothed and clothed. <laughs> but and yeah, but I think Donald Trump has had problems with women during the whole of his campaign.
3: I think it keeps on popping up on my um on my Facebook feed about Donald Trump. Uh, Talking to women, like the the, the the 20 memes about Donald Trump talking to women, one of them is saying that oh you look pretty on your knees, and you're like, How compared to Barack Obama, who I know has not been perfect, like his his international policy has been quite bad. Um, but compared to Barack Obama, how is this man running for president? He has no respect for women. The fact that he is compared the fact that he even tweeted a picture of Heidi Cruz and in any way objectified her, suggests that he shouldn't be representing a population which is 50% yeah. women. Well,
0: they're both as bad as each other, aren't they? they absolutely. absolutely both as bad. I mean, b- both of those stories about a potentially very powerful man and his woman are objectifying the woman in question. Mm. And I don't, you know, how is that helpful? How is that helpful for people who are looking and deciding which one they're going to vote for? Mm. It just yeah. isn't helpful at all. And I would say it's a very regressive step. On, yeah. for both of them. I yeah.
4: don't
2: even think that like a a wife, you know, like a wife shouldn't be part of a campaign. She should be there to support like her husband, or if she wants to be there, but she shouldn't be like presented as a as an asset to a it's presentation. A yeah, truth. Yeah, exactly. She shouldn't be presented as an asset to like. A campaign. We want to know about his
0: policies. I'd be interested to know what those women made of all of this. Mm. Have they been jumping around on Twitter and saying anything about it, or have they I been haven't seen anything. conspicuous by their absence, really, and yeah. an absolute wall of silence from the both of them? And what does that say yeah. in
2: itself? I don't think they'd be able to say anything mm. without um, the American public being furious about it. I mean, they have to be. They have to seem very nice and very calm and poised, and just not care like not mm. not not care but they have to support grace- graceful you the know si- the silent woman lady-like. sat in the corner exactly <laughs>
3: ladylike um but I think but
2: not heard but with
3: I mean even Michelle Obama like she she um recently went to uh, Mexico I can't remember I think she was in Mexico and she did this amazing speech all about women's empowerment and how when she was growing up her voice wasn't heard but she was seen as this object and this woman and this female but she was never seen as a voice and a person um and that was incredible but to be honest I don't I'm not American so obviously this isn't popping up in my social media a lot. It isn't popping up in what I read a lot but that's the first thing I've seen that she's properly spoken out by herself without the support of a man behind her and I think it's really sad and it's really sad that Hillary Clinton isn't getting as much coverage as she should be because um, as much as I don't support a lot of her politics she's a female and she's running for American president and that's incredible and it's this whole thing is just whitewashing women and it's turning women back into these kind of 1940s, chattels. 1930s. Chattels, exactly, darling, yeah. turning them into chattels. It's horrendous. And I think yeah. all of these gender stereotypes, they, they, they lead into something really dangerous and they lead into really aggressive politics and I think that's what you were just about to mention yeah. then.
2: Yeah, and it's just, oh, talking about Hillary Clinton, did you um, listen to, I think it was Gloria Steinem? Uh, saying that there's a special place for in in hell for women who don't support other women, and I think she meant that women should vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman, and mm. there's a huge backlash because of that. Did you hear about that? Didn't hear about no? that. No. Didn't hear about that. No. I think that's still that's. I think that was very regressive from a feminist to say that. Because I don't think we should be supporting Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. I don't agree with her policies, personally. I think it's great that a woman now is running. I think that's amazing. But I also think we've come to a place in history where we can mostly... um, What was I going to say? Yeah. We can mostly say that we've come to a place in feminist history that we can vote for the policies and not just because it's like the... A woman running for president that's not the only reason why we should vote for her um and i think it's great that we are at this point in history where we don't have to vote someone because she's like a token woman i and it's interesting mm. you say that you know we're at this point
0: in history where yeah. we can vote for the policies rather than the gender and it makes me think about what we're going to talk about next which is where actually gender and the transgender community and what's been happening there. You know, I don't know if you know. I happen to know. Thirty first of March was um, Transgender Awareness Day for the whole world wide. It was, and that's an issue that's particularly close to my own heart because in two thousand and fourteen, when I joined Twitter as a baby Twitterer, I noticed the story of a lady in in Canada, Toronto, I do believe it was, and she had um, she was still travelling on her male passport. She was called Avery Edison, and she was the very first person I followed on Twitter. And she was pulled over by the immigration people because there was an anomaly, and the anomaly was that she was still travelling on her mail passport. And she was held in the immigration sort of holding bay, pen, part while things were sorted out, in the mail portion. This was in 2014, and she was live-tweeting. It was a really traumatic experience for her. It really, really was. And obviously, coming from Bradford, it's a story which is very close to my heart because I don't know whether you heard that we had a very sad death Mm. It was a few months ago now, and um, it was Vicky Thompson who died, Tomlinson. And she was was in trouble with the police, and she kind of said, you know, if you send me to a male prison again, I will kill myself. And she was sent to a male prison, and she did kill herself. And so that kind of says to me that in the two years that have gone in between, what have we learned? really yeah. what have we learned
3: and actually there's a there's a bill coming out in north carolina at the moment um which has just been signed it's, uh, it's coming out across america but north carolina have just signed to um not let trans people go into their their bathrooms so if um a cis male goes into a, a or a trans female goes into a female bathroom that's now illegal um, which essentially makes it legal to discriminate against trans people. Yeah. And I don't understand nowadays how that's possible, how that's in... It's it's bizarre. I, I think I'm more confused about it than angry because I just don't understand how this has happened, even yeah. in North Carolina, which is so regressive in a lot of ways. Like I just don't understand how this is happening in 2016.
0: I'm with you on this one, Mickey. I just do not understand why it's a problem. I haven't got a clue, really. And... Um, the US state of North Carolina has has, uh, enacted this law um, and it is barring cities and countries from having their own anti-discrimination rules. So it's like a diktat from Mm. on high that just doesn't really make... Well, to me, it just doesn't really make any sense. They're talking about it, you know, about it being a basic expectation of privacy in the most personal of settings.
3: And this is being violated by this... uh, Yeah. And I think it all comes down to this idea that minorities don't have don't have rights like minorities Mm. for 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 this case a trans man does not have the right to go into a bathroom where his privacy isn't being invaded where he's not standing in a bathroom where he feels like well i'm not surrounded by people who i feel should be in a bathroom with me surely that's just as important especially like it's really
2: ridiculous too i mean they don't even get enough coverage or enough representation anywhere I honestly think, you know how it was to be gay a few years back, like 20 years ago, was, like, shameful and a taboo and no one would speak about it in public because they'd be scared to be beaten up? And that's still the case, well, way too much the case. But I think it's that's what being transgender is now because they're very much misunderstood. And, I mean, personally, I'm very happy in my own gender, but I find it completely, um, like... Even if I personally don't understand what they go through, it doesn't mean that it's okay to either put their experience just like push them aside because and some so many people say that it's sort of valid valid experience um it's not real it's just in their heads. well, it's a valid experience so a lot of people are feeling that and a lot of people kind of push it push it on the sidelines and they don't they're not treated as. You know, human beings often. I think to like... me,
0: it's 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 actually very very simple. It, it's not rocket science. If it, yeah, you know, if if a woman wants to use a bathroom, then it needs to be a female bathroom. Mm. And if, yeah. you know, somebody has to go to prison, then it needs to be, the appropriate prison. Really, I mean, how 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 this is still happening? It just baffles mm. me to be honest. Yeah.
3: There's Kate Bornstein has just brought out a book, um, and I think it's called Gender Rebels. Gender to be honest, I can't remember what it's called. There's a story in that and it's by a Portuguese writer. And this Portuguese writer found the police records for um a woman who was arrested probably about forty or fifty years ago for being trans and for dressing as yeah. a woman. Um and it's incredible because it's that, that it's that parallel between what this woman was going through at that time and the police have noted down everything, including they did a strip search um, and like it, it was so invasive and so horrible. And then the writer is saying, well, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to go to a gay bar, and I'm going to be a woman tonight, and this is my experience now, and that was your experience then. The terrifying thing is, thing is it doesn't seem that different. And I think this is... Oh, Mickey, is, don't
0: say that. That's, that's really depressing. We have to be making progress.
3: There is. There's totally progress. But I think stuff like this highlights the fact that people, people are so scared at the moment. People are so scared to accept that things exist that they don't understand. And yeah. things and I think when everything's down to money nowadays, and that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand and can't get hold of because it's it's so elitist, people become inward and they become unaccepting of everything yeah. else. And I don't think it's a problem that so you know,
0: And I think as well, you know, going going back to Vicky Thompson who died in West Yorkshire, I wonder whether you know at some point there was a prison officer i don't know what they're called mm. anymore yeah who could have made a difference but for some reason felt too strangled by the enormous organisation that he works in i'm assuming it's a he that they, yeah. they, they work inside that they couldn't actually say hang on a minute This person does not fit here. Mm. We need to do something that's a little bit out of the ordinary Mm. and having the confidence to do that. And in a way, I think that's where conversations like these are quite useful, actually, because anything that raises awareness and causes people to just pause
2: and it needs to be normalized, too. Exactly. What I think is scary is when politicians and people in power say, I know there was a debate about it in America, and they were saying that, oh, men who dress up as women... Um, they only want to go into women women's bathrooms to rape women and like, I wouldn't feel comfortable letting my eight-year-old daughter in there because she might get molested and they were saying these awful things. And I think people in a position of power shouldn't be like scaremangering because effectively that's what they're doing they're just scaremangering brings us back to Trump and Cruz absolutely (laughs) which is what their politics are built on I wonder (laughs) what they think make of transgender people I wonder I wonder yeah Yeah. I'd like to leave it at wondering I think I don't want to actually know no no No. I think well it's been fun chatting it has
3: has been fun and I believe we have Yvonne McDonald. On next,
2: yeah, Ivan the music. music. great musician. She is We're gonna have. She's a, actually,
3: yeah. she's my, she's one of my favorites. And I made a film about two years ago, um, and I put Yvonne on the background of it. And it was for, it was for a project that I was being marked on in in Danish media school. It's really oh. exciting. And I put Yvonne on the back of it, and my media lecturer looked at the video and said well the music was wonderful and, uh, <laughs>
2: what
1: about the project <laughs> <laughs>
3: the
2: project was a fight <laughs>
3: and with that I believe we have Yvonne coming on now with some music
1: yeah in the end
5: really yeah, oh, definitely. that's a compliment always <laughs> okay. best
2: at catcall um, okay so her name is Yvonne she has a kickstarter called my La- Sorry.
5: I'm not this layer of skin <laughs> I'm not
2: this I have this slayer of skins in my yeah yeah <laughs> okay. Never, okay I'm what? so bad at this doesn't matter let's continue um, okay so how far along into kickstarter are you
5: uh, so it's got six days left, and it was 30 days, so 24 days. 24 days? <laughs> yeah, 24 days in, and um, yeah. yeah. So definitely need to give you more money for that? Uh, yeah, we haven't reached a target yet, but I mean, as I said, as an unsigned musician, I'm just uh, so grateful for what, what I have got so far, 63%, something I never thought I would... Ever achieve when I started it, so um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. Yeah. yeah. So just
2: for our listeners, um, what is your Kickstarter about? Just explain it a little, little
5: bit. Okay, so um, the Kickstarter is for um, I'm releasing an EP, and on that EP is a song called "I'm Not This Layer of Skin," and the Kickstarter is for the video of it um, for for the song. Um, it started out as just the music video. It was one of my. It was. The, I thought it was my favourite song out of the four that I chose to be on the EP so I thought that would be the release and then I went to the video director being like, can you please do the video for my song because I love him and he's great um, and then he kind of saw the the project and basically I'm not this layer of skin it's kind of quite self-entitled really it's, uh, it's about... Um, Sort of a rant, really, about how, as a woman, sometimes, um, often we get um, portrayed in various media outlets. Um, at, and it's largely focused on what we look like and often very kind of sexualized And um, it's sort of like just fighting against that. It's challenging that, really, being like, I'm not this layer of skin. There's more to me than... Um, what is being portrayed through very inf- influential outlets.
4: With yeah. your video, what sort of different kind of people are you trying to show then to break that that sort of stereotype down?
5: Um, so it's a bunch of women. <laughs> it's just uh, women that I um, have come across in my past, um, sort of poets, musicians, um, uh, even teachers, um, sports people, just, you know, people that can really show that um, it's Just that there's more to women. I know when I talk about it, it just sounds so obvious, you know, when I say that like, there's more to it, but... I mean, it it came from somewhere. It came from sort of an anger inside myself that I wasn't that you know that we're just not represented as we as we should be um, often, and um, so yeah. So I, the video is it has about 15 different women in it, and some of them are sort of doing boxing, some of them are, and it's sort of like some just really colourful, um, just just great great women who I just wanted to be involved in the project. Did you find, I mean, I don't know if this is me massively stereotyping, but for me,
4: if you think of poets and maybe comedians and a lot of people that you might associate with being more masculine just because that's what's in the spotlight, did you find that a lot of the time women that are very good at this stuff might be amazing at it, but they're they're not quite so willing maybe to go on camera and maybe there's that thing of... um, yeah, I don't know. How did you find that? Trying to persuade a big group of women doing their thing and maybe not normally doing it on mm. camera, trying to persuade them to be involved in a in a
5: film. I found it really easy, uh, okay. surprisingly. Um, to be fair, it wasn't really that surprising because, I mean, it is genuine. It came from something. It's not like I just dreamed it up one day. It's from going through my life, experiencing these things, being annoyed as to be you know to understate it at the fact that i feel like um you have to prove yourself so much more um i feel i mean it's just a personal thing i'm not saying that across the board and there's people i know that don't agree with that which i've actually learned from this project which is amazing but um as soon as i said the project to the women um oh, they they just everyone was so supportive um and everyone was just like you know some people even said that i don't usually do this kind of thing but it's just such a nice and i feel like so, they they felt attached to it as well a lot of a lot of the women as well um it's not an aggressive message. It's not anti-men by any means or anything. It's just simply like I'm sick of tired of walking around and seeing perfection everywhere and you know I I and I obviously I don't want to speak for everyone um because I know that that's a very, uh, you know, arrogant of me to do so. But you I think know, it's
4: safe to say you're speaking yeah. for a very large chunk of people yeah. that we definitely sort of relate to as well, so
5: I mean, from the reaction I've um had from the video, I've I've kind of learned that, which is lovely. It's very, very gives you a lot of confidence to do it, which you kind of need when you're going out of your comfort zone to do this kind of thing. Um but yeah, no, they, they, they were all very, very supportive and um it was a lot easier than I yeah. thought it would be.
2: <laughs> and going on the perfection thing, obviously like we have like Instagram and I think a lot of young girls today are like very um how do you say, like this all these perfect like models and um stars on Instagram with like perfect bodies. Do you think it's becoming harder for like women to like be themselves in this like generation? Um
5: I don't know if I could say if it's harder purely because I haven't lived in another generation. You know, <laughs> like um I, I don't know what it was like for women beforehand. Um I definitely am aware that it's it's um Probably, probably um, more obvious because there's so, you're so, you're so connected to it now. It's on the internet when you, when you open your laptop, when you open, I don't know, I, don't, I assume um, that um, in other generations it was when you sort of opened up a magazine or mm. everything. I, I feel constantly bombarded by it. Like even the other day I was watching, I think it was like a moisturising advert or something and the woman on it was absolutely Perfect, and I just thought to myself, especially as it's very prominent in my life at the moment, I just thought, How many hours did it take for you to look like that? And you're portraying that as normal, and it's like I don't look like that when I get out of bed. <laughs> and but when I see myself, um, I just feel constantly almost like disgusted at my at normal things, you know, and that it just makes me angry because nothing about um natural your body is disgusting it shouldn't be but I feel like we're often just being told by um a lot of influential outlets that it is and um so yeah I I do think it's difficult but I just I don't know if I could say it's harder purely because I haven't you know yeah. yeah, experienced any other.
4: Well, I think you raised an interesting point there in terms of being going through a generation of it because we have all lived through a time where, for example, likes and retweets and things didn't exist. So we might have had the same sort of media outlets in terms of magazine and, mm. and films and, and popular culture in terms of music videos. But what we have now is much more of like a quantifiable thing where you get so many likes. which doesn't necessarily even come from media, it comes from your community. It comes from yeah. the people that you might love the most. And I think that's, that's the transition that we're so much more aware of as, like, 20-plus-year-old women that perhaps the younger generation, the next generation coming up, we can sort of look at it a bit more sceptically because we've seen it develop, whereas these, these young people, particularly women, are growing in, up in a time where if you have a nice picture, if you look like that ideal, you can find out very quickly whether or not you fit that ideal. I don't know whether or not that... Because I think that we are a generation that's very interesting in that sort of sense. Yeah.
2: And it's like the instant gratification of it too when you see... um, What's her name? Kim Kardashian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're
4: mentioning her in the first podcast. (laughs) It won't be the last time. (laughs)
2: Um, Kim Kardashian and like... um, I can't pronounce her name. Um, The girl who was in Blurred Lines... Oh, Those, oh, to, yeah today, stunning. Yeah. they had like this picture together, like half naked, and they're saying it's feminist. And I'm sorry, but I don't find it feminist at all. They're they they oh, do not yeah, See, sh- I do. I don't because like they, they have nothing. There's nothing that shows young women that they should use their brains or their smarts because both of them are smart businesswomen. Mm. They like have an an image that they entertain, and I'd like to see them more like showing young women that you know you need to use your brains and all that. But right now, they're only showing young women to use their bodies to get what they want, and like especially in that girl who was in Blurred Lines video. I mean, like, she wants to be objectified in a way that suits her, but at the same time, she was in this, like, really awful music video about, like, rape and... Oh, well, it was, still, like, not rape, but, like, it was kind of a be feel. Yeah,
4: I, 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 I totally agree with that, but I just feel like the way that media picks up on the narratives that women write for themselves, so, for example, take Kim Kardashian... Um, i I take a lot of issues in the same way as you do because yeah. I think you know you're in a very powerful position you're you're going to have a lot of influence over a lot of young people deciding what kind of bodies they think they should have. but at the same time, I don't feel like it's a case of like lambasting women for having um the ideal inverted commons body. It's much more about the media should be creating more space for women that are different yeah. and I don't think it's ever about saying that any in partic- any woman in particular is wrong for getting their boobs out or being a feminist or shaving their head whatever you want to do you should be able to be proud of that and you shouldn't feel like you're only that thing I think that that's one of the dangers with for example Kim Kardashian she's built for herself a very single narrative which is I'm a booby lady and uh, and you know I'm going to do something scandalous and it will probably be sexually provocative and people follow her for that she's aware of that whether or not that's a good or bad thing I think is much more nuanced because She's she is regardless of that she's she's very she's an intelligent human being that's beyond a doubt she's she wouldn't be where she is now without being that I don't agree with what she does but I also don't think that she deserves to be the sole focus point for you know women aren't doing aren't feeling comfortable because of that one woman it's oh, not no, definitely not she wouldn't just... be profiled in the way that she is if we didn't have a yeah. culture of that
2: but I think it's also um, your video is also about that isn't it about um, the dangers of like the media portraying women in a certain way
5: yeah, yeah yeah no I think it's um it's just it's just too much you know I mean I, I think that we've kind of I think we live in a society where we do a lot of things for profit and you know that's I mean I don't know if that's ever going to change but I think it needs to be limited you know that just too many things and like too many it's too many things are let let off um, and I, I do think that there needs to be a limit on it, because I think it really does affect people's mental health. I really do.
2: Yeah, especially teenagers. Like yeah, teenagers definitely. do to themselves, like, for, um, to look, like, perfect. Mm. Like, they don't look to look like their perfect selves. They want to be the perfect body, which sometimes they'll never have. Like, mm. I'll never probably look like um, Emily Ratowski. That's her name. That's it found itself. The girl <laughs> even blurred now. But is it
4: is it about limiting, or is it just about creating spaces for the uh, for what is now considered to be the other? So if you went on Instagram and it wasn't Kim Kardashian, she was there. Like you hadn't limited her or cut her out, but you also had women that looked different that were being praised for different reasons. So th- I think that's my the crux of it for me. It's not the case of like. Yes, we have an oversaturation of a specific type of person, and it's not necessarily their fault. They're still a human being. Yeah. yeah, it's much more that thing of there should be much more profiling of lots of different peoples. I mean, I don't. Do you take fault with Kim Kardashian or is it the media?
5: I think I don't know. I just I mean I the oversaturation really does confuse me a lot, and it just sort of you you, ha- you have arguments from left, right, and centre, and is, I find it very overwhelming to sort of put it to the root but I think with someone like Kim Kardashian I mean that she had like a middle finger up and she was like um you know saying like you know I don't care about like empowerment and it's just like I just always question like how much because I mean she has how many thousands and thousands of pounds has she spent on looking the way she she looks yeah and it's um you know and that's i um, everyone knows that it's like an it's like an elephant in the room mm. like she has all the work and i i'm not against plastic surgery and what and all of that you know if you if you, and that's kind of the message of the video if you want that that's fine if you want to wear makeup that's fine it just doesn't define you what's on the outside it's you know you, we need to be more i think i'm going away from the point a little bit no here, i don't think are. Well. <laughs> it sounds like
4: what you're saying is that it seems like hers is a very shallow form of feminism yes, without yeah. much thought yeah. and actually If you're that powerful and you want to be a feminist, then there's almost a responsibility to think about what you call feminist, yes,
5: yeah, yeah. And you know, it's just like, what is that? What is her whole what is she trying to do generally since the beginning sell products, sell this, sell that? And it has been and it just it just happens to be that it seems to be a very provocative, yeah. Yeah. And it's just I just don't think it's a a much of a coincidence considering how much money she. It doesn't, she just makes it no secret how much she spends on, and that's not natural. And I think, like, when you say, and I say, um, the the um, pressure there is on you to be perfect, for me, I found it quite different when I was, because I mean, I had, um, you know, issues with this a lot more when I was in my early 20s, you know, and actually, this whole project has helped me a lot. And, um, I think the thing for me, and I've heard a lot of people say it as well, is that they just want to feel normal, and I think that's the issue. Yeah, because you know you have this image of perfection, and that's something that you know some people always aspire to be, or whatever. But with me, when I was um, in that phase, I remember saying to myself, I, "I feel, I feel normal. I feel relevant." You know, I think when when before when I was a bit slightly on the chubby side maybe or you know I didn't feel like I was I think there's a very narrow um line yeah and that
4: needs to be widened yeah I knew yeah.
5: that I knew that I wasn't you know in in my opinion I don't think I wasn't you know Sophia Ren or I was never going to be on a model or anything but I was normal but to get to that normality I was hungry yeah. <laughs> and I was you know essentially Ill really, you know it wasn't really like um it wasn't you know it wasn't like bad or intense, but it wasn't it definitely wasn't natural and it was definitely not fun, not comfortable yeah it wasn't yeah. comfortable, and i think i can I see a lot of people these days who are like that, and i just i don't think that's that shouldn't be the way we live in a society, and it, you know I didn't feel perfect, I didn't feel this i just i felt normal and I don't think that that's healthy at what, all
4: what would your message be then to like younger generation now as like I sign off
5: what would your message be to people that maybe don't feel normal um, young girls it's difficult you know to say in a, in a sentence but I just think find happiness in something other than you know external value you know find something that you love find people that you know love you and make you happy make you feel good stay with them and um you know just have faith in yourself and your and your own and your own um person really and talents and your own yeah. worth as a woman yes yes definitely yeah. yeah
2: okay so okay so who are your musical influences uh
5: musical influences um i think um a, a lot of um the greats, in my opinion, <laughs> like uh, uh, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground, um, Nick Cave is a massive influence. I love, I love dark music, but ultimately, uh, Arcade Fire, just uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say them three are probably up there in in the in the top. And, and Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin, Top. yeah.
2: R- I think, yeah, everyone loves Janis Joplin. I don't know anyone who doesn't. No. Those who don't are, they're not my friends. <laughs> 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 they're not allowed. <laughs> okay, so you have a Kickstarter for your project and yes. it's been funded by how much? Uh,
5: well, the target is 700. Um, uh, so basically, just to explain what a, a Kickstarter is, it's basically um, for unsigned... Uh, oh, actually, no, it's just for any anybody, any creative project anybody anybody who's sort of struggling financially but really wants to launch their project they can start a crowdfunder and um they have a target amount of money and then people who want to support your project can either just contribute or um you can sort of buy perks like for for example i'm giving away sort of cds or um a personalized poem or song Um, and
4: that's based on how much people want to give you yes yeah
5: so you like say if someone contributes a tenor that's an ep or um, a signed piece of artwork that's um, £25, I think. But that's the kind of idea, so that then at the end of it you can have the money and make the project the best it can be.
4: What's the most amazing thing then? What's the biggest price and what's the biggest prize?
5: Um, Oh, to be honest... I for um 100 pound I was going to write a personalized song or poem. I literally stuck it on there just on the off chance. I was like I, I was like, no one's going to buy that, you know, just whack it on there why not. And yes, yeah, um yeah, got like two now. So. Got a lot of poems okay. to write. Yeah. <laughs> well, two. Have you already written them? Uh I wrote one. You wrote yeah. one. Yeah. Did you already um, get it? He
2: or she?
5: Yes, yeah, he he got it, yeah. He, okay. Yeah, he's one of my biggest supporters, so um I, yeah. Um absolutely ecstatic with that. <laughs>
2: um I had a question, but I forgot what it was. Can you help me think, there?
4: Um, I'm applying my brain power.
2: <laughs> what? Who? 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 Did
5: the, who was it that donated all the money?
2: Oh. oh um, thanks, Mickey. <laughs> That's a
5: really
4: cryptic one. I thought that was because. Is it a dumb. secret? <laughs> the secret hundred pound.
5: No, um, no, no. It was it's um uh, Matt Stanton. He uh he's uh, he comes to some of, a lot of my gigs actually, and um, he was like one of my first fans. A super fan. <laughs> I only have like five. But... Who's Matt Stanton? Is he a thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's a he's a, he's a person. Yeah, he's a person. He's okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I met him at another gig that I was playing, and nice. he's come along and supported me at a few others. We so. like Matt. It's really nice. yeah. Yes, Matt. Oh, Matt. Thank you, Matt.
4: <laughs> Shout out
2: to Matt. I said imagine a really melt." I said mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're definitely gonna put your link uh, your link down. I need
4: to segue into Amanda Palmer right now because we've spoken about Kickstarter. We're all women okay. and we haven't mentioned Amanda Palmer. Amanda so Palmer.
5: what are your opinions what are your opinions on Amanda Palmer and Kickstarters and music and things? Um I personally I love Amanda Palmer, I really do. I read her book and I think, um, I don't know if it's the same for everyone else, but I think when you try and become a musician, you can sometimes easily get caught up in the business side and the and the financial side and trying to see record labels and people trying to like screw you over sometimes, which isn't very nice. But then reading Amanda Palmer's book, it was really nice because she, she focuses a lot on the art and um, ultimately that is the reason we become musicians poets and and whatnot and it really it just very very inspiring it made me I was always a very po- apologetic or uh, even performing sometimes I was like oh god I'm sorry if I'm boring you I'm sorry if if this doesn't resonate oh, yeah. with you whereas she she helped me um become a lot less apologetic especially, especially as I mentioned with kickstarter I thought why am I asking people for money but then um you know you are giving people things if if they want it as well like as I said yeah. like the EP and stuff so I read it just before I launched the Kickstarter, which was just the best thing I could have done. She really, really did inspire me. And um,
4: just so people know as well, the book's called um, "Art of Asking." Yes, it's very much that that thing of how do you go out and say unapologetically, "I'm doing an amazing thing." Yes, yeah. Give me something to make this yeah. happen. Yeah. I should read that. It's I amazing. Definitely read I don't
5: that. think that I think that you know, as a society, there's um, a lot of. I mean even just walking down the street with my guitar sometimes I'm a bit sort of maybe I should be a bit more confident with that but I just stop apologizing for art really you know the world would be nothing without it so yeah. people who are creating it I think it's um um they should be supported
4: what do your family think of your music
5: <laughs> funnily enough you should ask me um my mum uh, went to the pub last night and I was uh <laughs> she came back and um was YouTubing me on um, <laughs> yeah as as I was sleeping. They they absolutely love it. They, great. Yeah, uh, they they, they, do, they do. Yeah, they're the biggest supporters. So. <laughs> that's really great. I
2: said at time, time off.
4: Yeah, I think okay. that's it. It was well, really lovely to have you here. Yeah. Thank so you. So we need to
2: put your Kickstarter in the description. I don't know if it's gonna do much good to your Kickstarter. Oh yeah, it well, like, it'll yeah, definitely definitely. We're gonna have yeah. We already have one listener, live, live audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, my Shout mum's mum, live audience. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
5: amazing.
2: One of many, hopefully. Yes, yeah,
4: absolutely. Picture of a minion, like, m- dropping the mic and sauntering off, like, they're amazing. And then apparently it got sent to loads of people and, oh, yeah, people can't oh, take a joke. Oh, no.
2: That's, yeah, that's awful. I read that <laughs> Sorry,
4: yeah,
2: And they
4: got fired. Oh. What? Strange to speak. Google. Yeah, so Google did this thing. And we
2: just wanted to thank David for our wonderful jingle. Um, we're gonna put his um the link to his SoundCloud in the description of this podcast. Um and he's going to have some new projects coming up soon. Uh so definitely check that out. We love you, David. We yeah, love you. Yeah, David. Shout out to David. <laughs>